And welcome back into Canucks and Pucks. Uh, just after the Canucks get shut out once again by the Golden Knights. Uh, shut out 3-0 yesterday. On uh, And today we're playing again, uh, game four, back-to-back. I'm uh, joined in by my co-host, Dan. And also very happy to have Elias Larati come on the show as well. He covers the Golden Knights for uh, Puck Pros and Overtime Heroics. He also covers the Habs for... Uh, Puck Authority. Uh, thank you, Elias, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Yeah, so, I mean, the Golden Knights have given the Canucks a lot of problems in the last... Uh, I mean, Canucks did pretty good against them in Game 2, uh, but then uh, kind of fell back into their ways in Game 3. And I just want to ask you, Elias, about uh, how the Golden Knights are playing against the Canucks. What are they doing, what are they doing to make them uh, have so many problems uh, let's start. I want to start with Alex Tuck, who's been a thorn in the Canucks side for the first three games. He's scored in every game, and all of them have been kind of wide open shots. So, what do you think he's doing to kind of make himself a threat for the Knights? I mean, that is a that's a that's a great question, uh, Matthew. And, uh, Alex Tuck has actually probably been one of the biggest beasts in this series because not only is he a goal scorer, but he's actually a physical guy, and he just has this vision. His hockey IQ, he finds the openings. I'll remember that that goal that he scored last night that was his fourth, the fourth straight game he scored. Um, the way he found that opening to go on a breakaway and beat Markstrom top shelf was just incredible. And this guy has been like one of the main reasons why Vegas is having such success. And you have to remember, Vegas is a fast, fast team that will come at you hard, physical, skill, whatever it is. And I feel like like game one and game three were very, very, very similar where the, uh, the Golden Knights defense was actually able to shut down the Canucks uh, offense pretty well, which is pretty what they did yesterday. Um, game, game two, I think maybe, you know, the Canucks kind of had a bounce back game and the Knights were giving him a, little bit, a couple more openings. But besides that, um, Alex Tuck has been a beast and he's going to continue to do that to uh, help his team uh, potentially win the series. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big guy, too. Like, Canucks have a guy that's similar to his style, I guess, and uh, Jake Bertan, and he's not as far along as what uh, what we want him to be. Like, you know, at the best, we probably want him to be kind of Alex Tuck-type player. But, uh, I mean, what have you seen from the your side of uh, Vertanen's game? Is he? Do you think he's similar to Tuck at all? The game, what I've seen, and I really felt like he's more like – like doing a role, like maybe like tripping more than maybe we should be acting. So that, that, that's my personal view though, of, of what I've seen of him so far. Mm-hmm. Hey, Elias, um, one of the things that the Knights have done a really good job of is we know they're a straightforward north-south team. Um, but one of the things that uh, I've noticed with uh, the Knights specifically, and, and obviously you guys have picked it up too, is that alley-oop pass, right? Exactly. Uh, being able to put it above and behind the Canucks defense. And I think that's where the Knights have really taken advantage and allowed um, them to take advantage of Alex Tuck's uh, speed. Do you think that's been a, something that they've game-planned and are, have really uh, keyed in on the last, uh, well, certainly the first game, but uh, yesterday as well? I mean, honestly, the alley-oop thing has been something that's in the Vegas' repertoire. Um, I think Shea Theodore did it in the series against Chicago. He did the same thing. I don't remember who he was passing it to, but I almost have him. It's something that, that, they've, that they're good at, that they, it's in their repertoire that they're able to use. And it's actually really funny how successful they've been at it because an alley-oop pass is not the, 
the easiest thing in, in, the, in the world. So, I mean, it's, 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 it takes a lot of skill and uh, Shane Thieler is actually pretty good at that. So we're, we're actually we're very lucky to have him. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about Shea Theodore a bit. I mean, he's been a pretty dominant defender over the, you know, the playoffs this year. He was in the previous playoffs too. He's actually been a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty good performer for the for the Knights since he joined the team. And even in the playoffs, like he has a lot of points in, in every time he's been in the playoffs. So what have you seen from him to actually, what, actually, here's a question. What level do you think he is at in the NHL and, you know, the top defenders in the league? I mean, my personal point of view, I think he's Norris, Norris Trophy caliber because remember when he was in Anaheim, he was probably one of the most underrated defensemen. And when Vegas got him, like I was saying, Anaheim has no idea what the hell they just gave up. Yeah. You know, like they, they gave up a quality defenseman, a solid guy, the guy who can shoot the puck, the guy who's a solid defenseman. He knows what he's doing. He has skill. He has power. He's physical. He brings everything in a top four defense that you want, basically. And he's on top of that, he's young. You know, he still has a lot, a lot to go. But I see him in the, in the same discussion as like a, like a Giordano or like a Shea Weber, honestly. That, 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 that's my opinion of him. Do you think what makes uh, Shea Theodore so uh, effective too is, at least from what I've seen, is, is his skating has, has, has really improved as well. I mean, he was a good skater two years ago, but he just seems to be able to, he's a little, not just shiftier, but he's able to pivot and get around players uh, more effectively this year than, than uh, at least I've seen in the last couple of years. Do you think that's something he's worked on and it just seems to be paying off this offseason? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, you know, the first year that he that he played for Vegas, you know, he was doing his job, but I think he was a little bit slower. So, I mean, he uh, he actually took time. Again, he's taking time every offseason to work on his skating, better his, you know, his quickness, his agility. And, uh, I mean, even, like, the last, like, four or five months that he took off during the pandemic, he said that that was one of the main areas that he's worked on. And it's actually showing how well he's, uh, he's improved in, in, in that domain. And also, what about his defensive partner there? Like, how big an impact has has that had on him to allow him to play his game and not have to compensate? I mean, to be honest, I'm not looking at lineups right now. Um, I'm trying to remember who he played with. I don't know if you guys can refresh my memory. Um, but I feel like Shea Theodore brings a calmness to the back end. Like, I feel like there's never any stress. There's never any panic in his game. He's always like, okay, you know, let's do it. What happens, what happens. You know, he's... He's a solid defender. He's a solid attacker. Like, he knows how to, you know, quarterback a power play. He knows how to work a penalty kill. And uh, whoever he's paired up with, you know, they, they usually work pretty well as a tandem. So, that, I feel he brings that calmness. And when his partner sees that, it, it helps his game as well. Yeah, technically it's Nick Holden. And, and the, that's the reason I asked is Nick Holden seems to be playing uh, as well at a really strong level. Um not that Vegas has not played at that level, but they just seem to be really meshing uh, right now, especially through that first series and now into this one. Yeah, I agree. Nick Holden, since coming from uh, from New York, if I remember correctly, has been, again, a solid defenseman. And Shea Theodore has been helping him a lot as well, I've heard. So they've been they've been working together for quite some time. I think they were paired up a lot during the, the regular season. And uh, they, they've just gelled as, as, a, as a duo, and it's been working really well for Vegas. Vegas has been really fortunate that they really have a solid, you know, four lines, you know, three pairs of D that really work as, as, a, as a unit to really get, get the job done, which is to win a hockey game. I mean, what I've noticed with Shea Theodore, too, is his 
ability to jump up in the play at at every time that he has, he's created a problem for the Canucks. And, you know, he kind of every time, you know, three, four checkers are in for the that's when he jumps up. And that's he seems to be the guy leading the rush a lot of the time. He's a couple of times where he was coming up right in front of the net. And, you know, someone has to pick him up. And every time he seems to have a lot of room. And another thing I've noticed, too, is that he's he's a master at keeping the puck at the blue line. Like, you think it's out, but he's he's got it covered. So, I mean, he, he's a very impressive defender. Like I said, like, he knows how to quarterback a power play. He's not scared to jump up in a rush. He's one of those offensive defensemen. You know, he's not afraid to score goals. He's not afraid to quarterback a power play, you know. And uh, there's always someone that will have his back when, he, when he's going in for sure. So, I mean, even, like, it's going to be a hard job for the Canucks to really shut him down. Uh, I know Quinn Hughes didn't really have the best game uh, last night. He was sort of going around in circles a bit. Um, mm. But yeah, it's going to definitely going to be, be a really tough task to shut him down. Yeah. I mean, let's go from the defense to the bottom six of the Canucks and of the Golden Knights. I mean, right now the Golden Knights bottom six is, I mean, they're not scoring a ton. Alex Tuck's probably the only guy that scored from that. Uh, that unit, but I mean, compared to the Canucks bottom six, I think they're a lot faster. Do you think that they've created a little more problems for the lineup than, uh, say, the St. Louis Blues did for the Canucks in the last series? I think they did because uh, St. Louis, I think they had a quite a few uh, injuries, and uh, their their top mm-hmm. their bottom six wasn't as healthy as it was last year when they when they won the cup. Um, Vancouver's bottom six, I off the top of my head, I won't remember who it is, but Vegas, I think it's like. Tuck with like Cousins, who's been actually playing pretty pretty well, and um, I think it's Thomas Nosek, if I remember correctly. Uh, they're just solid battlers. Like they they go in, they they play like you said a a, a north south game. That 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 you know even if it's the third line, like they're still priding as much as they can. They're trying to help in on the offense. You know they're playing a structured game. And what I like about this team is that they actually like I said they play as a unit, and everyone is there for the team. It's not me. It's it's I. That's what I really, really feel uh, why Vegas has been so successful because they're putting the team first and they know how to make it work. Well, they're certainly an arrogant team. I mean, and that's, <laughs> I think that's one thing that you kind of need to have to, to a degree. Um, but uh, I think the other thing that they've been able to take advantage of is that they don't have like one player who isn't as fast or, you know, they all seem to have the same gear. And I think they've been able to take advantage of Vancouver's bottom six in that sense where, you know, Vancouver has, has a couple players on, on their bottom six that, you know, are not the, the fastest of skaters. And it just seems like they're able to take advantage of that and, and put the puck in areas that uh, they can skate onto and, and create uh, offensive pressure from. No, uh, I, I definitely agree. And the Canucks are going to have a really hard time. Um, Game two, I feel like, like I said, Vegas left a lot of openings, which is why the offense was was really clicking for 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 Vancouver. Because again, if you give Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser space, they're or Bo Horvat, they're 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 gonna find their way to to score. And I feel like the difference between game two and game three is that uh, Vegas actually found a way to really shut them down. And really, like you didn't you you didn't see much of Bo Horvat, you didn't even see much that much of Brock Besser, you know. Patterson tried as much as he could, but the defense was doing such a good job at uh, at shutting them down. Yeah, I mean, let's go from did you did you see any adjustments that Pete DeBoer did? Did he make any coaching adjustments, or did did the Knights just go back to the game that they played in Game One? 
I feel like game two, they, they sort of took their foot off the gas and game three, they're like, okay, guys, like we realize like if we, if, if we give them time, we give them space, they're a dangerous team. So we got, we, we have to shut them down and, uh, you know, they'll we got to play really, really well defensively as well as adding to the offense. And I think they, they nailed basically a solid game plan. They played an almost perfect game. And uh, if it wasn't for, for Robin Leonard playing on his head, having his second shutout of the series, I mean, this might be a different, different hockey game. Yeah, Leonard seemed to, you know, especially in the first period, he seemed to be moving a lot better than he did the first two games. The first two games, he seemed very stationary in net. And he seemed to move a lot better and get over to those um, – uh, you know the cross ice uh, plays that Vancouver uh, loves to uh, loves to execute on. No, I uh, I definitely agree with that. And uh, you know Leonard, he he sort of struggled in, in in game two, but then he sort of upped his game in game three. Um, you know he's been he's been a solid wall in in the back of the net, and uh, we're actually really for, fortunate to have him. I don't know what the off season is going to present because I know he's a UFA uh, after after this uh, season, so it'll be a real really hard decision because. Now Vegas at this point they have two solid net miners with Flurry and uh, and Laner, so I mean they're gonna have to make a very very tough decision again. I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean there was that bit of there seems to be a goaltending controversy a little. Um, that tweet that Mark Andre Flurry's uh, agent sent out, and uh, I mean do you think that's playing a part in the locker room at all? I mean it doesn't seem to be doing much on the ice, but. Now that Flurry's probably going to be starting today, um, do you think there's a controversy, or is it just kind of blown out of proportion? No, I I really have no idea why Alan Walsh would go ahead and start something like that. But apparently, he's known to to you know start fire in the past uh, when when he feels like something's not right. You know, he'll go on Twitter, he'll say it like uh, he'll put a tweet out that you know it's it's not hundred percent. Because when I read that tweet, I was like, it doesn't. Like, I, I know Marc-Andre Fleury. I've, I've known him for the last three years, like, even before that when he was at Pittsburgh. He doesn't seem like a guy that, that like, if he's not playing, he's not happy. Like, he even went out and he even told his agent, listen, I want you to go ahead, delete that tweet. And he even went to the media and said, listen, my job here, no matter what, is a team game. I'm not going to think about myself. I want to think about the team. If coach decides that Leonard is, is going to get the start, I'm okay with that. Leonard, Leonard is my teammate. Leonard is not my enemy. He's my friend. And, you know, he, I, he, I feel he's more of a guy, like, he's not going to start controversy. He's just going to be there for the team. And if, remember, if they win, they win as a team. They don't win as individuals. So I really feel that there's really not controversy. I, I understand Walsh's reasons for doing that, but I really, really, uh, I was really happy when I found out that Flurry basically told him, listen, you know, he had no right to do that, delete that tweet. And uh, I'm I'm focusing on the team. I don't want any drama. I don't want any controversy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that last night's win was really important for Vegas in the sense that it afforded DeBoer the luxury of you know if he's going to of putting Flurry in today. We know he's a much more athletic goalie. He's a little more active in net, um, but you know with Laner, it it does. You know, do you think it affects the play of the of the Knights in terms of because he's so athletic? I mean, again, like I said, Laner's still quite quite positionally sound versus Marc Andre Fleury. Do you think that that could affect the play of the team? Seeing as the last two games that Laner's been on top of his game, he's gotten two shutouts. Um, honestly, I've seen the Knights when they play with Fleury, and I've seen the Knights when they play with Leonard. And it's, honestly, guys, it's pretty much the same. 
So they, it doesn't matter for them who's in net, whether it's Flurry or Leonard, they still play 100%. They still give it, you know, north-south. They still play their game. They, you know, they don't take, like, extra chances. Oh, because Flurry's in net or they don't, you know, they act more cautious because Leonard's in that. They play their game to say, listen, we're, we're happy whether it's Flower, whether it's uh, Leo, you know, just uh, we're, we're, we're ready to go. And no matter who it is, we're, we're, we're happy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, they are different goaltenders. I mean, Leonard plays a lot deeper in his net than Fleury, and Fleury plays that more athletic style. And, I mean, the Canucks have had some problems with, seems like both goaltenders, Fleury, the Canucks haven't beaten him in a long time in regulation and I mean they did win that overtime uh, game against him did score five goals so it's not like they can't score on him but it just seems that it can't beat him in regulation which is what they need to do uh, in this game to tie the series so no I uh, I definitely agree and I think like I said the defense is a better job shutting down the big players like JT Miller like Brock Bester like um, Elias Pedersen so basically they're gonna, as long as they keep shutting down the Vancouver offense, like, I'm going to be honest, the first period, I think I was watching the game and I looked up and I saw at one point the shots were like 15-5 Vancouver and everyone was saying, listen, the Vancouver Canucks played the first period, they were the better team, they were all over Vegas, they were in the jump, they were in the rush, and they, they we were even out chancing Vegas, but Vegas had such a response from Leonard and the defense is such a good job shutting down that it really didn't amount to anything. So, I mean, as long as the defense plays like that, um, this series can end up pretty, pretty quick. And the thing is, the Canucks have, been, have done a great job of bouncing back in these playoffs. I mean, it's, it's kind of uncanny what they do. is like they have a bad game, and then all of a sudden they turn into a different team. So, I mean, Vegas is going to have, have to play, I'd say, uh, almost the same game to shut them down because the Canucks are going to come with the same fire they've done throughout the playoffs. No, I uh, definitely agree. Tonight's going to have to be a bounce-back game. Uh, I'm like 90% sure that Fleury's going to play because, again, Leonard gave everything he had last night. And if I'm Pete DeBoer, I'm, listen, I'm going to Leonard. I'm saying, listen, you played a hell of a game last night. You know, take the night off. We're putting in flour. It's a back-to-back. You can rest, and it will put you in back for, for game five on Tuesday. So, I mean, the game plan, it's going to be pretty similar to what they did last night, which is shut down the offense, you know, get, the offense needs to keep going. Like I said, Alex Tuck will probably, you know, be a big, big factor. And uh, they, they're, they're going to have to uh, play a big game tonight. Yeah, I mean, I just want one last thing as we start wrapping up here is, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about Ryan Reeves and his kind of, it seems to be has a pretty big impact on this series uh, from a player's standpoint. I mean, we know what he did with uh, the movement Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. Um, he's been a huge proponent of that on the ice. He's also been a pretty big, uh, factor. Um, you know, annoying the Canucks seems like biggest thing is Antoine Roussel and, uh, how much of an impact do you think he's having on this series as a whole? I think he's having a big impact. And just to go back to that black life matter, I really, uh, I appreciate the statement that he made. He goes, listen, you know, uh, off the ice, we can love each other, but on the ice, we can hate each other, which really shows to me, like, how, how, how mature and responsible he actually is. Like, he's not just going to be that, that pain in the butt off the ice as he, as he is on the ice. And he's actually been a big factor because he's been that big physical presence. Me, I personally understand what Antoine Roussel is trying to do. Um, I think, like, he, 
I think he's been having kind of an off series. He's just been trying to get in, like, he tried to get in Leonard's head. It didn't work. He tried to get in, uh, and he just keeps keeps going at Leonard for some reason. And he's trying to get in heads, but it's, it's definitely not working because the two times that, you know, he's tried to trip him, Leonard's come up with shutouts. So, yeah, I think, I think Russell Purse is going to have to come up with a different game plan because really the only time I've seen him is, when he's starting a scrum or when he's talking to Leonard or when he's chirping, that's really all I've, I've basically seen from him. And I'm trying to understand what his thought process is and what he's doing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, uh, Elias, because uh, Ryan Reeves' actual numbers in terms of his actual like five-on-five level, Canucks actually um, have better numbers in terms of possession shots when he's on the ice. But I think uh, for Roussel, I mean, he gets a penalty just for stepping on the ice now, it seems. Um, and, and, you know, and I think, but this is about the bottom six as well. And, and here's McNabb, who is, you know, I think McNabb's having a far better impact on, on the series than Ryan Reeves, to be perfectly honest. Ryan Reeves is taking heat for, and, you know, social heat. Uh, whereas McNabb's just going around and running guys. And he's doing it cleanly. He had a, he had a great hit um, last night. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Troy Stetcher. And, um, and I, but I think that's the impact. At least that's what I see from Ryan Reeves. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. No, I, I definitely agree. He's been a physical force. Uh, he tries to get in the offense when he can. When he has a chance, he will. But uh, I like that he tries to be the, uh, the third or fourth line winger, fourth line, I would say. And then... When he needs to get physical, he gets physical. Um, I actually, I love that hit on uh, on Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben had his head down, and Ryan Reeves basically just steamrolled him around. Everyone was like, "Wow, okay, like this this series is getting, you know, it's getting intense." And it's really cool to see that after like 48 hours, where they basically decided to boycott and protest, that they can actually go back to uh, playing that same uh, physical brand of hockey. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, because in game two, there was that play near the Vegas net where uh, uh, JT Miller steamrolled two, got two Vegas Knights, and then Pacioretty came and clotheslined him and, you know, getting frustrated. And I think you make a really good point that when Vegas is playing clean, hard-hitting hockey, it just inspires them. And you can tell when things don't go their way like they did in game two, they get frustrated and they kind of have tantrums. And, and last night, the roles were reversed in Vancouver, you know, you know, they were getting frustrated. They were getting angry. And, and, you know, again, you start taking stupid penalties and, and put not putting yourself in a position to succeed. No, I, uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, Vegas, you know, they're, they're not, they're not the happiest team when they lose because they hate to lose so much. You know, no one in the league likes to lose. Uh, when they're after a game. Yeah, I agree. Like if they can get physical, they can get chippy. They tend to take, you know, bad penalties. But like I said, the same thing for Vancouver. Like I, I saw Roussel got a 10 minutes, but I didn't really understand what he had done because I literally saw him step on the ice. <laughs> he just chirped. He just yeah. chirped. He, he, he's <laughs> just chirping. And, and, and it goes to your point, uh, Elias, about how, you know, he's, he's not helping them because clearly the refs are telling him, like, we don't like the chirps. The chirps are probably, um, you know, it's a good thing they've probably muted the mics because they're probably things that you shouldn't be saying. And no. the officials are just having none of it. No, I definitely agree. And, uh, that's actually a very valid point. You know, I think the refs now have got fed up. They said, okay, we're going to give it a game or two. We'll see what happens. And uh, they saw it was getting, I, guess, I assume they saw it was getting nasty. It was getting uh, chippy. So they're like, we're having none of that now. And from now on, it's, you know, you say a thing, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get a penalty for it. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, the, the officiating's been okay in this series. I mean, there's been a lot of that slashing that's, 
like especially yesterday there was a few slashing calls it was like you know little taps on the gloves but I mean that's what they're calling and you know to, to your point about Antoine Roussel like it just seems like the refs are just saying, we don't want any of this. You're going to start it. We're going to give you a misconduct, which, I mean, both misconducts have been kind of, you know, they've been, they haven't been misconducts in my opinion. Yeah. So actually, I was actually, it's a really, it's a really good point that you brought up. I remember there was a penalty. I think it was uh, uh, Theodore or White Cloud, I don't remember. But I literally saw the guy raise his stick and literally touch the guy, literally touched with, with his blade. And the ref calls a penalty, and I'm like, "You're really calling that?" Like, he literally. Yeah, I think that. I think that was White Cloud, and and you're right. Like that was an atrocious penalty. Actually, I think JT Miller was going in, and he barely he barely tapped him, and they called him for slashing. And you know, we talked about this on one of our podcasts that when players start reaching, that's when officials uh, call penalties. And really, that's that's what he got the penalty for. He got the penalty for for reaching for reaching with his stick, and and it was just yeah, it it wasn't a good it wasn't a good I, penalty call. I I played hockey, and I've gone away with a lot more than that so i'm just i'm just going on record right now yeah well i've yeah that's you know we talked about it i've played i also officiate so you know it, like that's i'm I'm being totally honest when i say some of those calls were, were pretty pretty bad yeah i agree definitely yeah i mean it, it's it's interesting and i mean the special teams have been a factor for both teams in these playoffs i mean you look at the penalty killing from the Golden Knights in the regular season, they're 27th overall in penalty kill. They've been really good in the playoffs so far. I mean, I think they're in the top five or something like that. I mean, in a small sample size, but it just seems like the special teams, I think, are going to ultimately decide this series in the end. Um, five on five, I think both teams kind of play that similar uh, style. It seems like the special teams are what's kind of making the difference. Even last game, the Canucks couldn't score on the power play. You got Vegas scoring on theirs and then killing their penalties too. So I think that's what's going to ultimately win this series for either team. I think honestly, um, just my point of view, Vegas probably their power play is a lot better because mm. if you look at the players that they're putting out, it's like Riley Smith, it's like Marceau, it's like Carlson. Then they come back, they put you with Stone, Pacioretty, Tuck on the back. You have Theodore, you have Holden. You have White Cloud, you know, so, I mean, it's a really solid group of uh, offensive offensive players that really, you know, are able – they actually um, – I don't know what the numbers were during the season, but they actually have a pretty solid power play. Yeah. Yeah, that's – and that's the thing. I mean, I think special teams – I mean, it's a difference every time. So, I, I think in the end it's, it's going to make a difference too. So, but, yeah, I do get your point with the – you know, the Golden Knights do have two really good units. The Canucks are still trying to figure out that second unit, especially, I mean, the Dudak took Foley back, so putting Besser on that second unit. And, uh, but overall, I think, yeah, the Golden Knights do have two really solid power play units they can throw out there. No, I, uh, I definitely agree. And listen, guys, even if, if Vegas beats Vancouver, you guys basically beat the Stanley Cup champs. So, I mean, your season is not exactly what we would call a failure. It's actually quite an improvement. Because oh, it definitely is. No, no, we're, we're – yeah, Elias, we're, we're – we're, like, listen, man, everybody's talking here. Like, it's house money right now. Win or lose yeah. it. Like, they're playing with house money right now. Exactly. There, yeah. There's no – there's no – but I, I do think that the, the Knights are are um, not just beatable, but I, I think there are some weaknesses they that the Canucks can exploit. It's whether or not they have the – horses to do it um we know that injuries go through a lot of teams but 
it just seems that, at least from what I saw last night, it just seems that, that Vancouver really slowed down in that second and, and third period. And it just seemed, at least at that point, they seemed to kind of run out of gas. No, I, I definitely agree. And that this was a team last year where the coach was like, like not this season, but the season before, the coach was like, listen, our, our goal this year is not to win the Stanley Cup. You know, we're still trying to, you know, finish our rebuild and then maybe make this team into like a solid contender for years to come. And I mean, you guys have all the tools for you. You guys have Elias Pedersen, you have Brock Besser, you have JT Miller. Everyone thought was like, okay, what's JT Miller going to do? He ended up having an amazing season in Vancouver. And I can personally say that I was at Rogers Arena when they actually announced that trade. So um, I was in that building and I was like, okay, that, that seems like, 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 like a good trade. You know, Vancouver gets JT Miller, who was pretty good in Tampa. So, I mean, you guys still have a lot of big pieces. Jacob Markstrom, probably one of the best goaltenders in the league. Um, you have Alexander Edler, who's, you know, a veteran D. So, I mean, there's still a lot of problems for this team uh, coming down the road. Oh yeah, we're we're not worried about that. We're, but we're we're talking to you because we want the Vegas Knights um, perspective. We we right. you know we appreciate the comments, but yeah, this is about uh, the Knights, my my friend. No problem. No problem. <laughs> um, just as we start wrapping up here, I, I wanted your perspective on what do you think these now that the schedule is kind of compressed even more. Do you think these back to backs? Who do you think has the edge, kind of? You know, there's one back-to-back here, and then if it does go to game uh, six and seven, there those are going to be back-to-back as well. What do you think an impact that will have? Yeah, so uh, the players must be looking at the schedule and being like, yeah, we just spent two days protesting, and now we have to do potentially two back-to-backs. So, I mean, honestly, I'm going to base it off goaltending because back-to-back, it's so hard to play, you know, 24 hours, less than 24 hours after you play. So I'm going to go with the strict edge in net, and I'm going to say that Vegas has the advantage based on the fact that you have two solid goalies. You put in Leonard one game, you put in Fleury one game, and it, 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 it doesn't really make a huge difference. Um, Vancouver-wise, um, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Thatcher Demko. I don't know how good he is. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, it'd be interesting to see how, how he plays. I think he came in once for relief, I think, versus yeah. St. Louis. And um, I don't remember if they scored on him or not. I think he made like five or six saves at the end of the game. And um, I'm basing it off that. If it's back-to-backs, I give it to Vegas just based on the fact that they have basically two number one goalies, a one, a one and a 1A, basically. Yeah, I think the other factor, too, Elias, is the fact that, I mean, really Vegas has played right now, um, what, eight playoff games? Really? I mean, Vancouver's played 15. They're going on to 16 now. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of hockey when you're supposed to win 16 games to win the cup for those qualifying teams. Um, right. they, had to, they had to win, you know, they had to win 19. So it, it's, it's a big, it is a big difference um, in terms of uh, the, the conditioning and such as well. Not that, not that the Canucks can't win, but I think that that also paired with, like you said, the, the goaltending there of an experience of a three-time Stanley <laughs> Cup champion who, who, you know, backed Pittsburgh in their second run. He played all three rounds for Pittsburgh. So I think that that's a, a really solid point you're making about Fleury. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, that, that definitely uh, I would go with that. So, I mean, um, my pick, honestly, for tonight, I really think that Fleury is going to play, and I really think that um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see if Vancouver does bounce back. But if, if not, then I really feel Vegas is going gonna, is gonna to take this in, uh, I would say, in, in five. 
That's funny because uh, that's what I picked before the series started. Um, but my, my reasoning was a little bit different. Um, one thing, actually, I do want to ask one comment of you. And, and, you know, I mentioned this to Matt, but why is it that this puck just seems to follow Vegas everywhere? I mean, there, there's a deflection and it'll take like two or three deflections off skates and knees <laughs> and just land right on the tape. Not just like near a player, but like literally on the tape. Of, like they're getting a lot of Vegas luck. Um, and it just seems to follow them in almost all their games is, is a lot of that just because of that speed or, you know, is it just, you know, like, I'm just curious about what your thoughts are on that. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say speed. Vegas is a very speedy team. And I mean, everyone says it, you need puck luck sometimes to win. I'll give you a fair example, a totally random example. Um, because I'm actually from Montreal. So I actually also follow the uh, Montreal Canadians and, Everyone kept saying that against the Flyers, the Canadians were the better team, but they had zero puck luck because whenever they would take a shot, they literally hit maybe like 10 posts in the entire series. So, I mean, sometimes you need luck on your side to help you out and to, uh, to really, you know, get, get the advantage. Yeah, well, we can definitely say for sure that, uh, you know, those were three perfect shots of the beak Markstrom yesterday. You can't fault him on those. And, no. you know, I think that's a big part of Vegas's game is when they do get those opportunities, it's not like it's a fluke goal. Vegas seems to be able to, to score at will when they need it. And they're good shots. They're good goals. They're not, yeah. uh, they're not flukes or, or happen chance, happenstance goals. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Canucks bounce back if Vegas can play that same style of Canucks. Uh, I think Canucks are going to come out. They did come with a lot of energy anyway in this, you know, in the first period, but it's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of goes today. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so thanks, uh, Elias, for, for coming on the show. It was great talking with you. Um, I was going to give you just a minute or so to kind of plug any articles you got coming up. and. Uh, and go from there. Yeah, so I'm actually currently covering the Vegas Knights for Puck Pros. Um, so basically, Puck Pros is part of the fan-sided family, which is the sister company of Sports Illustrated. Um, so basically, uh, every every game day, I shoot out a, a preview, and then it's a, maybe a short three, four hundred word article where I basically preview it with the game, do a little short little recap of what happened last game, and then I will always come out with a recap either late that night or the next game. Um, Vegas usually plays very, very late. So um, by the time I finish my recap, it's probably like one, two in the morning and my editor's fast asleep. So uh, I usually get, get, a, get a recap out the next day, the next morning. So uh, that, that, that's basically it for, for now in, in regards to hockey. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Alice, for coming on. I hope to have you on again soon. And uh, it'd be great to even come, come on even later on to kind of discuss things. Not a problem. Anytime, guys. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on, Elias. Thanks, Dan. I want to thank uh, Elias for coming on the show. It was great to be talking with a with someone that covers the Golden Knights and kind of getting their persp outside perspective on this series. So it's great to, to actually have someone else there. Um, yeah, I'm joined back in by Dan, uh, my co-host, and we'll be talking more uh, Canucks focus now in this segment and uh, talking a little bit more about what, how the Canucks are going to have to bounce back in this game and uh, what's, what adjustments that Travis Green is going to have to make from uh, game three. Uh, yeah, welcome back in, Dan. 
Yeah, thanks, buddy. And uh, yeah, that was great to have Elias on. Um, you can definitely hear the confidence in his voice, and rightly so. I mean, uh, these guys right now, I think they expect to win a Stanley Cup. I think they think their their window is open. And, um, you know, for Vancouver, um, you know, they're going to have their hands full today. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, differences from games, from games is just ridiculous in, in the playoffs. And, I mean, in, you know, you see one team kind of dominate one game and the next game, you see the other team kind of – they just look like two different teams, I think. I mean, from games one and, and three, both both times it seemed like Canucks couldn't handle the Knights. And then game two looked totally different. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the social issues that are going on, I mean, the, the character of this team came through, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean you know, we, we've read the stories about Patterson and his, his friends. They were Syrian refugees. Um, you know, that he's grown up with. I mean, you you know, I'm sure Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, I know he played with a, a heavy heart because one of his uh, cousins passed away. Um, you know, like the, the character of the team shines through. They, they came out strong, like you mentioned. But, I, I, I you know, I wasn't sure how they were going to come out of this break. I wasn't sure if, if Vegas as well was going to come out. And I think that kind of played out a little bit in the first and then yeah. it, it kind of settled down and, you know, I wasn't sure how the break was, was going to go, but, you know, I mean, again, it was three perfect shots that beat Marstrom. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, perfect shots, right? And, and Vancouver, I, I think Vertanen hit a post in the third. I, yeah. I think, there, I think um, also Pedersen, I think, hit a post. Like, you know, it just, it just sometimes it's, you know, we talk about this. It is a game of inches and, um you know, uh, Vegas did a great job in that, in that second period. And uh, Vancouver just, to me, they just looked really tired. I think yeah. that they, they came out strong, but I think they, it wasn't just, they ran out of gas. And I know we're going to talk about this because you talked about Travis Green and maybe this is a good way to go into it. Yeah. Travis Green has been awesome. These playoffs, he outcoached himself again last night. He stubbornly stuck to his lines. He didn't switch them up and it cost him. It, it really, really yes. did. He, he's so into Toffoli with Patterson that he just, it's like Horvat Pearson Toffoli just doesn't register for him. It's like it's foreign and doesn't exist. And, and, you know, again, he's going to have to coach out of his comfort zone and the players will respond. They always have responded. And, you know, to me, Green has, has earned, um, you know, uh, he, he's, anytime I've ever doubted him in these playoffs, he's come through in spades. And I think tonight is, is again, he's going to have to coach his best game because if he doesn't, um, they're down three, one, and it's, it's going to be super, super hard for them to, to come back from that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is about Travis Green, it's funny because he, all he has to do is really switch uh, the centerman. I mean, Patterson is on the second, you know, I don't know, quote unquote, second line, first line. I don't know what there would be match as, but I mean, you're looking at Pedersen centering to Foley and Pearson right now. All you have to do is put Pedersen and Horvat switch them, and then you've got your two lines and Horvat's with Pearson and to Foley, which I mean, we've talked about it before. They play a similar style game. They're both, they're all heavy on the forecheck, they're all quick on the forecheck. I think that line would be ridiculously good against this team. Uh, and yeah, like you said, Travis Green just seems kind of, it's like it doesn't exist to him. So hopefully he kind of rethinks things and kind of puts that line out this, for this game. 
Well, and the other thing that in game two with Toffoli coming in and, and different line combinations and such, it, it, it throws the team off, right? And, and we saw it last night with Vancouver, like Vegas adjusted so well to Vancouver's lines. And, and again, I mean, these, these are the best players in the world. There's, you know, just, just less than 1% of, of hockey players make the NHL. I mean, these yeah. guys are good. They know what they're doing. And, and Vegas did a masterful job of adjusting to the Canucks lines and understanding where they're going to go. Um, by the way, Adam Gaudet had a great game again. He did, yeah. And, and you know, uh, again, Travis Green's going to have to, um, you know, he's just going to have to abandon his, his straight on, you know, just like, and, and belligerence isn't the right word because that's like negative, but you understand what I'm saying. Like he's yeah, trying yeah. to like, this is just how we're, we're either going to live or die by these lines. But if this is a special group and, and you know what they're going to do, you got to trust and, and know that the most success you've had in these playoffs when you've been down and you've needed things is when you've switched up lines. And I can't stress enough game five versus the blues where they're down three, one, and he starts mixing his lines up. And not only does the team respond, but because they do that, the Blues start getting mixed up because it's harder to, to match up your lines to, to counter those uh, strong, uh, you know, line combinations. And, you know, we'll see what happens tonight. But uh, Travis Green, this is, again, to me, this is like the most important game of his coaching career. And is he going to learn? Because it's, it's now three of four home games that the Canucks have had. They've only won one, and in the other three, they've been beaten really soundly. And yeah. when you have last change and you're not capable of taking advantage of last change, that to me is a very scary trend that is happening for Travis Green and his uh, coaching staff. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting on why that the advantage doesn't seem to be an advantage for him. I mean, look at – the teams that I mean the games that have been played that are supposedly home games quote-unquote home games but he just doesn't seem to be able to take advantage of that last change and it just seems like the other team is dictating play when he's supposed to be the guy that kind of is able to take advantage of those matchups and it doesn't seem like he's able to yeah and if, if I'm not mistaken he's got Vertan and Mott and Beagle on the same line right yes yeah um and and like that, that's reasonable, right? And, and Mott, we know, works his tail off and such. But Goddard um, is really struggling with uh, Brandon Sutter and Roussel, oh, like really struggling. And like I said, Goddard has played really well. And we've also seen him play really well with Jake Furtan, and they played together almost all season. Um, I, I just, again, I, I don't understand why he resists putting – players in successful positions you know everyone was ragging on Brock Besser but he he was tied for more most shots he had the best course in the game for Vancouver yeah. um he you know everyone was like ragging on him but Besser actually didn't play that bad a game he just he doesn't mesh with with Horvat and Miller um he meshes no. with Horvat because remember his big breakout season was Horvat and Bershey but Miller yeah. is not has not spent Bearshi and doesn't play that same game, but he meshes with Miller when Pedersen is his his center. Yeah. So I mean, this is where Travis Green has got to abandon his like. Well, Toffoli plays so good with Pedersen, but Toffoli will probably play just. You know, he plays good with Pearson. He's probably going to play just as good with Bo Horvat. 
but you need Brock Besser to be scoring, especially with Miller's hand injured. Yeah. And if Besser, say, yeah. if Besser is better with Pedersen, and you know Pedersen's going, then get them on that line and let Horvat and Pearson and, and Toffoli worry about their stuff because they're going to win more games with Besser going than without him going. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I mean, the thing is with Besser, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of people ragging on him after the game and, you know, on, on this, on this post game shows and stuff like that. And you know what, like you, like you mentioned, he had the best course in the game. Uh, he had, I mean, I think he had a few, a couple chances there too. I mean, he had a few, quite a few shots. I mean, I think, you know, just because he's not scoring and that's what everyone's kind of focusing on. And, oh, I had, you know, there was someone that mentioned, oh, he hasn't played well all playoffs. I disagree totally. Uh, he's played a pretty good game. I mean, I think it's just not popping in any goals. But, yeah, like, the thing is, he's got to be playing with players that are going to give him the best chance to score. And playing with Pedersen gives him the best chance. And I think, in the end, that is what Travis Green's got to go to. And he plays so well with Pedersen. Uh, you just got to go with the best duos out there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and I would love to see Vertanen back with Gaudet and, and limit the – no offense, but limit the fourth line. I know you talked about bringing McEwen in. But, you know, McEwen, Beagle, um, uh, you know, moving Russell out, putting – putting you know, and, and putting in McEwen in, but moving Gaudet or Vertanen up and, and going McEwen, Beagle, um, Mott um, would not be a bad thing. Right, because no. um, you know Mott and McEwen can play with speed and and create some some turnovers and and you know create momentum for you. Um, I think that that's that's a huge thing, and you can you can manage your minutes. You've got last change. Peter DeBoer dictate your lines because yeah. you need to have those matchups. When you don't have matchups, your team's successful. Which means when your team isn't worried about stopping the other team from scoring goals, but going and scoring goals, <laughs> they're successful. Like Vancouver, and we've talked again, man, this is like, like this should, you know, the Canucks and Pucks rocket science. This team yes. is at its best when it's just trying to score goals. And they seem to be, um, at least at home, those line matchups are actually – it just seems like it. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like it's kind of preventing them from from playing to their potential. Yeah, it seems like when they're on the road, he doesn't – Travis Green doesn't seem to care so much about the line matches and the stuff like that and at home. He well, he can't control it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he can't control it. So how can he, how can he worry about the and line the matches thing. when he can't control it? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, he's kind of just think that I'm at, you know, I'm on the road and whatever, but it's just weird on that why that's happening. But I mean, I think in the end, that's what he's got to you know, throw away his logic or his brain and go with his heart and go with what is has worked in the past. I mean, the lotto line has worked in the past as a good line, and then now you have to fully back. You can create such a great second line with that, yet he hasn't really used it. Um, I think he used it once and that was in the, against the Islanders there in the last game before the pause. And we saw some of it. And then you see Horvat and Toffoli that, and that three on three of during the season two, and you see how well they kind of look like they, they kind of connected with each other. I really want to see that line. And I mean, <laughs> it's, we'll see what happens, but it just seems like he's kind of averse to putting that, that 
trio on the ice for some reason. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, I think he outcoaches himself. And, and last night, um, I think the defense as well, and, and maybe this is a good segue into that too, um, the defense really got exposed. I think we saw a little bit of Quinn Hughes towards yeah. the end there. I, I do think the Knights kind of were getting tired. I think I could see it, but Vancouver was already tired too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know I really, really do. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, you know, Tanev is really struggling. Edler again, actually Edler's playing really good. Ed, yeah. Edler is actually playing really good. I think Stetcher's playing well, but he's getting, you know, just hammered every chance they get. And, and that's, that's playoff hockey, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Fattenberg and Ben have been okay. Um, but boy, when, when Vancouver on defense has had really good success, it's when they've been able to rotate um, Tanev uh, and uh, Tyler Myers. And I do think right now Vancouver really misses Tyler Myers. And, and I just think it's, it's just the, the stability that he brings. Um, and I know that there are gaps and, and such, but, you, you know, at the end of the day, his positives far outweigh his negatives. And, you know, you're going to have some gaps. And, and that's why, you know, you have a goalie like Markstrom. Um, you know, I'm going to disagree with uh, uh, Elias a little there um, in terms of maybe Marc-Andre Flurry is a is a benefit, but this is also a guy who hasn't played since what I think one of the games against Chicago, and I'm not sure if they won or lost that game. Um, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I apologize. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Canucks have an opportunity here. I actually think. I think yeah. you know if they can come out with the same with the same hustle, it, you know, I, I think they have an opportunity to. To, to to take advantage of a completely different goalie and um but i mean both teams aren't going to be making adjustments you're going to see the same no. thing they haven't really had time to break down tape they haven't had time to practice anything it's basically just we're going in again and it's up to, to travis green to um find the light the right line combos and you know maybe he puts Vertanen with petterson and and, and miller right and and you know, maybe Gaudet and Brock will click. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have any of those answers. I just know right now, um, you know, he got out coached again last night, and he didn't get out coached by Peter DeBoer. He got out coached by himself. And you know, we we had a great first period. So you know, it, you know, we'll get it back. Like his again, the most success he has had is when he has started swapping up lines, and the team has responded every single time it's not like they're batting you know it's not like they're batting like 500 when he swapped up the lines they're probably 800 to a thousand so yeah. you know like yeah. like you know do do the players respond do what you have to get these guys going and um you know we'll, we'll see what uh, travis green can do tonight yeah it's a good point you made about flurry i mean he hasn't played in a lot he hasn't played a lot he hasn't played in a long time and you know, yes, he's a great goaltender, but he, you know, the Canucks have shown in the past, yes, they haven't beaten him in regulation, like I mentioned before, but they did score five on him uh, last time. They, last time they played the night, the Golden Knights, uh, and Pedersen had a great game with, you know, scoring on him too. So it's not like he doesn't have confidence in scoring. I think, yeah, like you said, I think the Canucks could take advantage of a different goaltender, plays a lot more athletic. Uh, you know, like Leonard plays that deep in his net. And I think that's why the Canucks couldn't ultimately score on that five on three, because that's what, that's what a goaltender has to do on a five on three, stay deep in his net. And that's what Leonard did. But 
I mean, yeah, I think I think Canucks do have a chance to do something in this game, but yeah, bottom line is going to come down to Travis Green and what he can do to adjust. Yeah, I think I think you nailed the head there. It was a great comment about Laner, and and he just that's how he plays, and he tries to make himself large and. And uh, he was more athletic. I think they told him, you've got to be more athletic in that. You can't just stand there against this team. They're going to they're gonna pick you apart if you're just standing there. And, um, you know, he made the adjustments. Good on him. Yeah. Now they're going up against a goalie who um, it relies on his athleticism, not just his positioning. But he'll come out and challenge a little more. And, you know, uh, I think that that'll be a, a really good um, – It'd be a really good challenge for Vancouver, but I do think it's one that they can take advantage of. I mean, imagine, and I, I'm not saying this will happen, but imagine if they do put three by by Flurry early, right? And now you got to put Laner in, right? You you don't yeah. have a choice. You got to put him in, right? That changes the way that a team will play, and you know it 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 could. Uh, it could make a big impact for for the Canucks, but you know these are these are woulda, coulda, shouldas, yeah. and, and maybe ifs and 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 uh, could be's. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, the thing is, is the Canucks do have to play that same energy. I think they came out with great energy in the game. I mean, they got that early power play. If they would have scored on it, which they looked so crisp with moving the puck around in that first power play, the rest of the power play is a different story. But I mean. I you actually do want to talk about the power play, so maybe yeah. that's a good segue. Yeah, I think we should, yeah. I mean, yeah. no, I, I think. Is... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, thanks. I apologize. Yeah. Um, it's okay. No, the, the, the power play is, is 100% um, what killed them yesterday. And oh. it isn't just like in the first period. They had lots of opportunities. And, again, they got in their own heads. They, and this isn't, this isn't on coaching. This is on the players no, now. No. They're, they're in there. Oh, we got to make the per- – no. We've talked about this. I actually think taking Brock Besser off the first power play is a huge mistake because they're, huge they're, mistake. Looking for that, they're looking for Horvat in the slot now all the time. And you might get that goal once in a blue moon. Then move to Foley and Horvat. No offense. Move to Foley and Horvat um, onto the second power play. But get Brock yeah. on either side and let Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and Brock Besser tee it up. And yeah. I, again, we talked about this with the Blues, and Bozak gets injured. Pound the puck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. They they are showing you no mercy. McNabb's flying around out there. When you get a chance, fire that puck. And if they get injured, again, too bad, so sad. That's the career and the profession you chose, and you're not going to beat the Golden Knights by pretty plays. You're going to yeah. beat them by taking those shots, and we're talking like hundred mile an hour slap shots. And get it over to Besser and just tell him to fire it. Who cares? Fire the puck. It yeah. doesn't matter. Fire the puck. Because eventually, and it sounds bad, but you're going to injure a couple of them. And then they're going to get scared to block them. And, and I know Petey's, you know, he, he's such a good guy. And he just doesn't want to hurt someone. And he only wants to do it when he has an open net. Petey, man, li- listen to me, buddy. Fire the puck. <laughs> you know, I know it sucks, but... You, you got to do that because your team's not going to be successful unless you are firing that puck. And if they are stupid enough to get in front of it and get injured, then that's, then that's life because yeah. you know, your guys are blocking shots. You might as well maybe pad their stats a little, but soften them up. Yeah. The thing is about the Knights and they're, they're again, they're a team that does not care how many shots they get. They got so many shot attempts 
uh, again in the second period. I mean, they're not afraid to shoot it. So get an amount of block shots that the Canucks had in game two were ridiculous. They were shooting the puck. Canucks need to shoot a ton more. And like you said about Besser uh, being on the first unit, they need, and I was, I was saying this during the game, you know, Besser not being on that unit. Now they say, okay, we got to shut down Pedersen. We got to make sure he doesn't have the shot. So they're cheating to him. Well, if you had Besser on the other side, now all of a sudden, oh, now we got to worry about another one time over here. So that will open up space for Pedersen. And without well, Besser there, who are they focusing on? They're focusing on Pedersen. Yeah, and I know they've had success with, with Horvat a few times here with that down low play, but you can't just go for that. And they went for that a lot yesterday. Like they that definitely. was like a big, like, oh, that's the bread and butter on this one. It's not. Fire the puck and make the, force them then so that it opens it up for you, right? And then you'll, you'll see that success. But if you're not firing the puck and, and you're just passing around looking for that play, that's, that's actually a low percentage play. The, I think it's called the, the, you know, like a, the paddle, right? Is what it's yeah, called, yeah. the paddle, right? And, and that's actually a low percentage. When you hit it, it's, it's high percentage, it's great, but it's yeah. low percentage <laughs> because it's, it's really easy to, to defend at times. And, and again, I just think that even if you're going to block shots, let Besser, Pedersen, and Hughes just, just, just fire it. And I mean, and it sounds bad, but fire it in a guy's groin. <laughs> and just make them scared to, 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 to get in front of shots because you're not going to win this series by being nice guys. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, like, like the, the Knights, once they start getting their confidence going, they're, they're, they're good. Like, I mean, we know they're a good team, but they just, they just ramp it up to another level. And we saw it last night. They shut it down. As soon as that three nothing goal was scored, that was game over. And it was just a matter of whether or not the Canucks could get one or two by Liner at that point. Yeah, I think so. And the thing is, is you can talk about the puck luck and stuff. I mean, the Canucks did have, didn't have the best, out of luck in that game. There were a few times where Leonard shoots it out in front of him and, or he shot it through up the middle. And, and like Kelly Rudy said, you know, between periods, most of the time that's in your own net because you're hitting a guy in front of him. But of course that didn't happen. But I mean, the Canucks need to, yeah, just shoot it. And I mean, as much as, I don't know how unpopular his opinion would be, but, you know, having Tyler Toffoli off the first unit, because personally, I don't think Toffoli's the best power play guy. I mean, you look over his career, he's not the biggest producer on the power play. He's not a power play guru out there. I mean, he's a skilled player, but I think Besser's the better option on that first unit. Toffoli brings that more threat to that second unit. I mean, with Godet and Vertanen. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think well, Toffoli's well, not really the when best you look, fit. Yeah when, yeah, when you look at it, it's basically Toffoli's download to give the paddle play to Horvat. And if Miller can get down low, he'll do that too. I mean, I mean, Vancouver's power play is pretty easy to break down. Miller gets it, makes a, a sneaky back pass to Hughes, who either will shoot it himself or give it over to Pedersen. But Pedersen's really hesitant to shoot right now. And yeah. so, you know, like, sometimes I think that Pedersen is a lot like Travis Green and that he gets in his own head. <laughs> and, and he, you know, he had a great game. Like, you, you wrote, did. and it was a great article. He had a great game. However... He also didn't have a good game because he didn't – he just – yeah, I mean, I wish Pearson could take some passes, by the way. But, uh, you know, it just, it just seemed like he's just 
you know, he's scared to, to shoot. And, and right now they, they need goals and he can't be afraid to shoot that puck and pick some corners and, and, you know, put Vegas in a situation where, you know, they, they need to do that. And, you know, for Toffoli, like, I don't know that about whether he's, he's great for the first or the second power play. I just know that Besser works really well on that power play. And we saw it in game, we saw it in game uh, six versus the blues and, you know, the power play worked. And why you would then pull that immediately because Foley's back, I just – I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Um, and hopefully they'll, they'll figure it out because I agree with you. I just think they're a better power play with Besser there. And on the second power play, they have Besser playing in PD spot. But it's the wrong wing. Why not yeah, put him back right. over on the other side? Like, like this is to me where I think you could put Pearson in then where Toffoli is on the second power play. If you're, if you're not going to put Besser on the second power play – then have Gaudet play in Horvat's role, have Pearson down where Toffoli is, put Toffoli where Pedersen is and put Besser on the other side. Yeah. Right. Like, like you, you've got some options and, you know, maybe move Jake where, where Miller is like Vancouver has all the makings for a really strong second power play unit, but they just don't seem to be able to, to kind of make it work. And, and they're just so predictable. I mean, how many times did Vegas get it out of the zone quite easily yesterday? Yeah, a lot. And the thing is, is uh, they're still doing that stupid drop pass, which I still don't think it works. Um, and I mean, Newell Brown is the power play coach. He's was successful in the past. I'm not saying the Canucks weren't there been a good power play, but is that because of his system or is it because of the players that are on the unit? I don't know if that's what's the biggest factor in the Canucks success on the power play. Well, if you're, if you're going to do the drop pass, and I have no problem with this, because the whole point is to attack the line with speed, flip it over them, get through, they're going to get in your lane, draw penalty. Yeah. Then if you're going to yeah. do that, carry the puck and draw a penalty. And even if you're not going to call the first few times, keep doing that. Eventually you're going to draw a penalty because the only way to stop that is to either interfere with the guy or, or um, you know, get, you know, trip him up or, or whatever. And, and when it's a Pedersen and a Hughes, right you, you know you got to take that opportunity but you know we'll we'll see how it plays out i, I yeah. don't personally mind the drop pass i just don't like the execution when they get close to the line because they either don't get in um when they should or they don't um execute it and they do a dump in and vegas and st louis too they're just very easy on it and down the ice it went yeah um and i i don't think quinn hughes is as best with his confidence right now and you see him kind of bobbling the puck a little more I don't know like you, you mentioned uh earlier, you know to me about him looking maybe injured uh well well Ron be, McLean, yeah Ron McLean was saying that he was having a temper tantrum on the bench I think he got injured yeah. I think he really hurt his back and I think that's why he was that's why his eyes welled up like he he probably took a he probably took a good hit there and and probably tweaked his back a little and you know, but it was nice to see him kind of get back to that. But I do agree with everybody else who said this. He just isn't edging. His speed isn't quite there. Um, you know, he could be running out of gas. Again, this is a marathon. He's playing and, a ton of hockey, too. Right? Yeah. And, and I mean, just that whole defense. Like, like this, is, this is where I, I know, again, I think this is worth talking about, is that Alex Edler has played really darn good. But that's because this guy's been through war. He's been through, you know, playoff series. And, and, and he, you know, I think 
that is something that they can draw on. And, you know, I mean, he had, what, two or three really good hits left yesterday. He oh, had he destroyed three, Riley Smith. Yeah, yeah he, had three or four, <laughs> he had three or four in game two. Um, so, you know, and, and I think Fattenberg and Ben played pretty darn good in game two. And, and I know Jordy Ben, you know, tired out and, and didn't play as good a game yesterday. But, you know, the Canucks have just responded every single time. <laughs> This, these playoffs, they just have. And it's, it's just hard for, you know, and, and again, I think Elias, you know, it's great to, to have him on. And, yeah, I mean, Vegas has got to feel good. I mean, right now, wouldn't you, you know, after game one, a lot of people thought it was a sweep. And now it's a five-gamer, right? Yes, well, what if Vancouver comes out because they just always seem to respond and they seem to find a way to, to will themselves into things. I, I just, that's the X factor for me in this, in this right now. This is why I said, I think you're right that Vancouver could win this series. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of can, can they up their game again and, and match what the, and adjust to what the Golden Knights are doing. Yeah. I'm going to say the same thing I said after the, when the Blues tied the series, I'm going to say the Canucks need their bottom six, someone from their bottom six to step up in these in tonight and going forward, because, you know, again, this series seems to be a star driven series and the guys that are scoring, the Canucks are, are Pedersen, uh, you know, Pedersen Miller, those guys are the ones scoring poor back. Those are the guys that are scoring the goals. They need their bottom six to step ups. Someone from their bottom six or 10 and Mott, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care who scores. Someone from the bottom six has to do something in the next few games. Yeah, and that's why I said I think they need to put Vertanen back on the line with Gaudet. And I think you need to, you know, you need to, um, you know, and I'm not sure if Brand. I, I think Brandon Sutter's really struggling. I think he's going to struggle mightily this game. This might be a game where you put him on your bottom four with Beagle and and uh, and McEwen, and yeah. and you know, you rotate Mott and. Uh, and uh, and McEwen with with uh, Gaudet and Vertanen, but that line that line again, Gaudet's played really well. He has not looked out of place. He's had some rough shifts, absolutely. Yeah. But he's also been been very effective with his speed. You can see that he can make plays. Jake, you know, to be honest, I think Jake yesterday when he was going down that wing and he just stopped up like oh jeez, he, he, <laughs> he just needed to go to the net. He just, just literally just to the net. on like, that play, on. he needs to go to the net. I, and I understand what he's thinking. I understand what he's thinking. I really do. But in that instance, he's got to just drive to the net. And if the, the guy knocks you into the goalie that, you know, accidentally on purpose, then, <laughs> then that's what you got to do because they're not going to call that if the guy knocks you into the goalie. Yeah. Go, go to the net and, and, and take some shots. And, and again, even if it's a bad shot and the goalie makes the save, just get it on net because you never know. Right. And, and it just, it's better to do that than to do that stop up and, and allow the Knights to reorganize, recover, intercept a pass, and then boom, off they go down the ice and your guys are now caught on the transition. I think that's where the Golden Knights have been the most effective against Vancouver is they get a lot of sticks in lanes. They intercept a lot of pucks and they really catch defenses on transition. And Vancouver is really good at the doing the North and South but they've been caught many times on that alley-oop transition and they haven't recovered from that. And you're just going to continue to see that from Vegas because they, that's a weakness that the Canucks defense just does have. It really does. Yeah. And you look at it and that's why they've been so successful with that alley-oop pass and 
you know, they're showing that gap that the defense seems to be giving the Knights and looking like, you know, Alex Tuck seems to get behind guys a lot. And that's because of his speed. And he has a he has a quite a good shot. I mean, there's how many of those goals have been a clean shot up at and I mean they're yeah. great shots. None of them yeah. have been just great players. Like I, yeah. I'm not, we you, we can't take anything away from the Knights. It's not like the Knights are fluking their way through this. They're no. right now through two games, they're the better team. And you know, Vancouver's gonna have to just, you know, it, it, it to me, I know you talk about special teams, I think that's a big part of it. To me, this game, the, the, like right now, just right now, Marsham's going to have to steal two games for Vancouver. I mean, outright yeah. steal, even just one, but they need him to steal a game. They need him to steal a game so that the questions are, how are you going to beat Markstrom? How can you beat this guy now? He seems to be on his game really well because, again, you know, Markstrom's been good in this series, and, you know, he's been good. But the Knights, like I told you at the very beginning – they just score goals when they need them. And they just seem to get the puck in positions. It deflects off of two or three guys, goes right on the tape. And then it's a perfect shot in the back of your net. You know, Vancouver yeah. is going to need Markstrom to, to, to be just as athletic as he was versus the blues. And they're going to need some saves because right now, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah. Right now it feels like that, uh, right after the Blues tied the series, it seems like it just feels the same way. And uh, I think we're talking, it's like we're having a broken record here. We could just replay that same episode. We're talking about the same things. Bottom six needs to step up. Uh, you know, Marksman is still a game. That's the same two things we said uh, after that, uh, when the series was tied against the Blues. Well, and I think you can fairly say yesterday that Robin Lehner stole that game. I mean, it should oh. not have been 2 nothing. Uh, Vegas it should have been it should have been like two or three nothing Vancouver it really yeah, should have been but I Lehner, agree. yeah Laner came up huge and and props to him because again I think he's a positionally sound goalie I did not expect that athleticism out of him because it's not normally in his his repertoire and you know good on him for doing it but hey he stole a game for them and so now it's, uh, you know, allowed them to get in their groove. Now it's time for Markstrom to do the same and allow the Canucks to, to put the puck in the back of the net because if there's one thing the Canucks are good at, and they're probably one of the best teams in the league at it, it's putting pucks in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Canucks can't score goals. They've showed it in the past, and they've showed it in this series already that they can score goals. So I think that's they just got to get back to, like we said before, shooting the puck. I, and using their speed, and that's the thing. The Canucks do have speed, and we saw in game, uh, game two there that these both these teams can you know go back and forth. And I think the the Canucks still do have a chance of winning this series. But yeah, there has to be a few little uh, tweaks to their game because Vegas. I mean, admittedly, he, they're a great team, and they are a Stanley Cup contender. So it's not like the Canucks are you know if they lose this series, oh, it's it's over. The Canucks are, are a bad team. They're playing against a really good team here. Yeah, well, and, and, and you know, I, I find it very frustrating when people are like, oh, well, you, you can – it's okay to lose. Like, that's the mentality they want the Canucks to have. Hey, you, you got as far as you did. You should be content to let Vegas no, – you know, this is our window. This is our time. And, and again, you know, um, Elias, you know, really emphasized that. I don't think that's the mentality Vancouver should have. And, in fact, they should have the opposite of, of it's our time. And this is the first of, of a lot of our time. 
And, you know, you, you know, it's, a, I know it's cliche, but uh, by the same token, th- like this is a must win for Vancouver. They cannot go down three, one to Vegas. They just can't like literally they can't, they, they just, no. just cannot go down three, one to Vegas. They are going to have to play the game of their life tonight. They're going to have to uh, figure out how to solve this. Um, go all out. You got a day's rest. You got two more back to backs. Um, and I know Vegas will think, well, you know, yeah, the series is tied at two. Listen, man, this series was supposed to be over in four or five games, according to a lot of people. And you need to win this game in order to, to uh, you know, in your own head, too, that, uh, hey, this is a series. It's a best of three now. And, you know, we can win this. We can do this. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if they, the Canucks, no, they can't go down 3-1 because the thing is they got to win three straight against a Vegas team that's really good. So it's not like it's going to be hard for them to do that. Uh, they got to get this series back on even terms and, and go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, is there anything else we want to talk about? I think, I think we've kind of nailed everything. I think so too. I think we, we, you know, we talked about all the things we need to, again, I would just, I would, you know, as, and I think it's great that Roussel's being the super pest in that, but right now, um, they don't need a super pest. They need someone who can go out there and uh, just just play. You know, yeah. like like they just need to play and not worry about all the chirps because you know that Vegas again is going to come in very arrogant tonight. And you know they got a couple big hits and you hear them whooping and hollering and oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 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 you know, <laughs> that's what they do, right? Um, you know they just they just got to do their thing and and push it. And um, you know maybe this is a good time to go into our three keys. Yeah, let's do the three keys. Um, I'll start this time, kind of change. Yeah, it up. please. Um, I say, like, the first key for me is, uh, if you alluded to it before, uh, Jacob Markstrom. Uh, Markstrom has to either steal a game today um, or just play while, you know, out-duel Marc-Andre Fleury. And I think he's just got to – he can't be letting in any goals that are weak. But, I mean, the thing is that he let in three that weren't – you know, most goals are going to let in, but – He's got to be the number one player for the Canucks. That's my first key. Uh, second key, uh, Travis Green is a big key for me. And he's got to adjust again um, with his line line combinations, the way he coaches, and not out-coach himself. That's a huge one for this game. And my third key is uh, the Elias Pettersson has to step up as Witty has done all throughout these playoffs. And uh, the thing is, is I don't know if it's stepping up or is just continuing how he plays and actually pots and goals and be confident in his shot and just shoot it. Doesn't matter if it's someone's going to get in the way of it. Just kind of pick some corners and do what he does best. Yeah, those are I, I agree with all of those. I mean, my my first two keys were the first two that you identified. Again, Travis Green is going to have to um, mix up his lines and be not afraid to do that if things aren't going well. Um, you know, I know he was, you, you know, he was animated behind the bench when they got down to nothing, but, you know, he's, he, he can't be afraid to do that. Um, that would be my first one. The second one, they, they need Markstrom to steal a game, but this might not be that. So my second one is actually the Canucks defense, Quinn Hughes, um, specifically. The, 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 he's the engine on the back end. And if Quinn Hughes isn't going, it's very hard for Vancouver. And the fact that they've, you know, got a win in the fashion they did, and the fact that they've been competitive in two of the three games yeah, um, yeah. kind of shows that, you know, they're a good team. 
they just need Quinn Hughes to have one of those signature games of his where, you know, Vegas, um, you know, they're going to try and hit him in that. And I know they have speed. He's going to have to find another gear. He, he just is going to have to have find that. I think all the, all the defensemen are going to have to find another gear today because it's going to be very hard if they're not. And for me, the third key is going to be actually the third line. And the reason I say that is that, you know, we talked about bottom six, but I think Adam Gaudet needs to show up. Maybe he doesn't have to score a goal, but maybe he can set something up. But I think the, the third line with Jake Vertanen, that they need them. You know, they, there's no passengers tonight. Absolutely none. There's no passengers moving forward, right? Yeah. There, there's none. And, and that third period, there were a lot of passengers. And they just can't have that. They have got to uh, really push it. And to me, that's, that's going to be what's going to determine Vancouver's success or their failures tonight. Yeah, I agreed. And I mean, the Canucks have, have done it in, all throughout these playoffs. And I've, I have confidence that they'll be able to do it again. They'll step up, play a good game and come through. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they do the same, but they just seem to be on the uncanny ability to do that. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, Travis Green, that coaching staff, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I think we can expect them uh, to do this. And, um, you know, it's, it's human nature to, to feel fully yourself in that. And I think, uh, I think the, uh, you know, Vegas, you know, especially with Marc-Andre Fleury and net, I think Vancouver can, they have the same start that they had yesterday. Um, put a few behind, you know, behind Fleury early. I think that you will, uh, I think they'll, they'll have success tonight and uh, you know, we're in for a, a heck of a finish to this series. Yeah. I, I agree too. Um, so yeah, uh, the game's on at 7.30, a little later start than no, you know, usual. Um, and then, uh, so 7.30 tonight, and we'll see We'll see what happens. So go Canucks, go. And uh, Yeah, go yeah. Canucks, go. And by the way, I just want to comment on that real quick. How, how, it's a Sunday. Yeah. How in the world are they not playing the, the Stars-Avalanche game right now? You know, yeah. no, no, like legitimately, like it, like it makes no sense to me, or at least start the Eastern game now. And instead of starting that game at three o'clock, like it just, to me, it just really, the schedule is just very bizarre right now. I, I just don't get it, especially overlapping the first two games. Like nobody's using Air Canada Center. There's no reason no. to have started that game at noon Eastern and, and got that out of the way and then have a one o'clock game for the Avalanche and the Dallas Stars and then have the 6, 6.45 game or 6 o'clock game for Vancouver and uh, and and uh, in Vegas. Like, I just, yeah, I I just don't, don't get it's... the NHL here sometimes. It just, it just is very – it just boggles the mind. And I have to be honest, and I mean this sincerely, I really want the Avalanche and the Stars to have like a 5 OT game, which pushes <laughs> the game into the tomorrow game for Vancouver. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Seriously. Like, I actually really want that. And I think that that <laughs> – is probably, you know, it uh, uh, would be a great benefit, not just to Vancouver, but to Vegas too. But I just, you know, I, I think it would be a, a, a better a, a better thing. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, go Canucks, go. And uh, hopefully we're talking for another few more games. Yeah, go Canucks, go. All right. Uh, I want to thank uh, Elias for coming on the show. It was great to talk Golden Knights. Uh, from that perspective, uh, instead of just, uh, you know, Canucks from Mars perspective. So that was great to have his insights. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, again, we're part of the Hockey Writers Podcast Network. So check out the articles there. I just dropped an article about 
uh, Elias Pettersson. And if he could win a Conn Smythe Trophy uh, in the future, maybe this year, we'll see. Um, but I kind of gave some points there, so uh, give that a read. Um, also, there's some other great articles on on the site as well coming out. Uh, also, uh, you know, going to be debuting a few great things over the next uh, few months. So stay tuned for that. And uh, some other great guests for Canucks and Pucks coming up. Uh, hopefully try to get uh, Sarah Log back on the show um, and get her thoughts again. And, uh, you know, we'll have some, hoping to have a guy uh, from the, all the way over overseas, actually, uh, Canucks fan that uh, recently met. Uh, hopefully have him on the show uh, coming up here. So some great things coming up. Thanks to everyone for following uh, us on Twitter. That's Canucks Pucks on Twitter there. You can give us a follow there. Thanks for following us there. Uh, also on Facebook, we have our Facebook page. Uh, it's pretty minimum, bare minimum right now, but uh, thanks for all the likes there. And uh, go Canucks, go. Hopefully we have another win tonight.